Thank you for coming here today. It's me, Linda Sage, on Learning From Life. One thing I can promise you, there'll be people to meet over the airways here you'll never forget. Some, as long as you live. Let's just say, most have had what could be termed as an interesting life. It's not what happens, it's how you deal with it. And one line from any of them could change the way you deal with things forever. They'll be landing from all parts of the planet, all ages, backgrounds and experiences. Telling the truth of how it was and how they manage things may just help you miss a rock or two along your road too. Hi and welcome back. I'm Linda Sage and this is Learning From Life. And as always, yes, I have an amazing guest. All the people that come along have fantastic stories and today is no different. Joining me is a, a lovely guy and uh, actually he's just down the road from me which is an extra bonus so uh, virtual connections bloom into uh, real life meetings when Covid allows and Sai is with us and uh, Sai Hearn is not just a marketing entrepreneur he is an automation expert he's also an F1 a man you fan as well well I suppose somebody has to be so Sai thank you so much for being with us yeah no thank you very much for having me that's uh, much appreciated and uh, I, one of the things that we're going to talk about obviously you know, being in entrepreneurship now but that hasn't always been the case no um, for 15 years uh, I was in the West Yorkshire Police Service um, and before that, I was a teacher for three years, uh, and I used to work on the doors. So I've had a bit of a varied career. So something of everything. A little bit of everything, as they say, jack of all trades, master of none. So how how did you actually get into? What did you do first? The doors first. So yeah, while I was at university, I got into doing the the doors. It was a good way of uh, you know earning some extra money while still being at university. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was still doing the doors while I was teaching, so that was a weird one because I was oh. doing the teaching through the day and doors by night. <laughs> so, so when your, all your classes turned up to come in, you would say, no, you can't come in. That that was an interesting one that happened on a few occasions, yeah. <laughs> oh. And teaching, so what got you into teaching? What made you think that would be a lifetime career? Do you want me to be 100% honest? And I will yeah. be. Um, as you know, I'm a very open book. Um, what happened was, as a kid, I'd always wanted to be a policeman. I applied to get into the police, failed. So I thought, right, what do I need to do? I've just finished coming up to finishing my degree. Uh, and then it came up on the TV, well, why don't you just train up to be a teacher? So oh, I'll give that a go. And uh, what was said about me in teaching was that uh, teaching wasn't for me but I was for teaching that's what people kept saying hmm. because they sort of knew that I could do the job and that I had a good the one thing I did have was very good class control yeah that's probably come from like being a dormer I suppose <laughs> and things like that but um, what I didn't have was that passion to take it and see it as a career if you know what I mean hmm. yeah so you did get into the police though I did. Uh, so I was in teaching and then applied to get in the police and was in there for a good period of time. Mm -hmm. 
So was it what you expected it to be? Well, it's not quite the bill. Um, <laughs> you know, um, there's a lot of bureaucracy and it's uh, it's not really what you sign up for. You think you're going to be out there doing lots of action, but probably 90% of your service is spent doing paperwork. And that's quite hard to do. Yeah, it's... Uh, the thing is, you never had a finishing time. I mean, I used to do a lot of overtime anyway, but you never had a finishing time. So you could finish, supposed to be finished at four o'clock and you're going out for a family meal, but you end up having to arrest someone. And then unfortunately, you don't get home till seven or eight. So you never had your own life, if you get what I mean. And you saw yeah. some not. Yeah. Did, did that sort of demand take its toll on you as well? Yeah, 100%. Um... Unfortunately, while I was in the police as well, I did uh, one of those fateful things and got myself into a bad relationship and bad with a capital B. Um, ended up getting married and that was probably six of the worst years. So what it felt like was I had a bad divorce and I didn't really... I, I, I think the re thing for me with the police was because I was like a big like bodybuilder, six foot three... Um, without being disrespectful, loving myself and thinking, you know, oh yeah, the world owes me one. I had that sort of attitude and in the police that doesn't wash. You've got to be a yes man, uh, controversial, but you've got to, you know, not have your own opinion really, which is unfortunate, but you've got to respect people and I feel a better person now, let's just say. But yeah, you're right. It definitely took a toll on me, 100%. So that time, obviously, what we do is we learn more about ourselves in the bad time. We don't learn in the good time because we just take that as for, for granted. What were the lessons that you actually learned about you going through that time? So going through, through that time, I realised where I was bad. And the funny thing is, right, I was... Uh, Let's just say I became ill. I don't call it a, ever a breakdown. I call it a breakthrough because that's what it was. Um, but while I was going through that, unfortunately, uh, I, well, fortunately, actually, because it did change my life, uh, two things. One, I read a book um, and do you know what? When you think, when you need to think of the name of the book, it'll come back to me. But the the second one was I watched a, an episode of First Dates. Now I'm sure you're aware of it, but it's basically where two people go meet in a restaurant and have a conversation, and then they have a discussion about how it went after. And this one I watched was just a woman that just came in and just spoke at this guy all day, and she went, "Oh, it was a really good date that." And uh, she, they said to her, "Okay, what was your date's name?" What, what did he do? And she didn't know a thing about him. Mm -hmm. And it was at that point where it hit home the the fact of that you've got two ears and one mouth. So you need to listen more and not talk as much. And that was a massive lesson that seems to have changed my life since. Because now in business, you have to help people solve problems. But if you don't listen to what the problem is in the first place, how can you help solve it? So was that a big step for you, uh, changing into entrepreneurship? Because it's not just about what you know, it's about them being able to run it as a business. 
Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm amazing in terms of business knowledge and that, but what I did have was a passion to learn, which was quite good. So I could pivot, you know, I, I, I could I could go from not just feeling sorry for myself that I was no longer doing what I thought I wanted to do for the rest of my life, but that I could learn a new skill, which would actually become really, really valuable to me. Um, and that I enjoyed doing. And what they do say is, if you enjoy what you're doing, you'll never work another day in your life. And that that's how it sort of feels at the moment, to be fair. Right. So you, you got into entrepreneurship in marketing, which obviously wasn't your, your previous background. So what drew you to marketing? Well, I think what happened was, whilst I was going through the police service in the bad years, I got introduced to a bit of network marketing and got to see that there is another side to life, if you get what I mean. So mm -hmm. it, it's not, when you grow up, you have drummed into you when you're at school, you go to school, you get good grades, you go work in a job, you then get a pension, and then you have to survive on half the money that you couldn't even survive on in the first place. So th that's what we're all told. Whereas I believe that in schools, they should show entrepreneur skills because they're skills that you need when you get into life. So luckily I prepared myself a little bit by doing a little bit of network marketing and realized that the potential was there. Started reading books about these people and sort of got inspired, if you, if that helps, Linda. Mm-hmm. So was it a big step for you then to come out of the police? Because obviously it's very sort of regimented. You've got your colleagues around you. Then all of a sudden you're back out on your own. Yeah, well, I'll, I'm, again, I'll be completely open. I was in the police. I was uh, coming towards uh, being very poorly, but I'd been qualified as a sergeant for six years, but never given the chance, probably because of my attitude. I have to put my hands up there. But... Um, I went to go see the occupational health um, and I was having a chat with them. And then when I came back, some of my supervisors were saying, well, say si, I wouldn't really, you know, go down to too much of having, say, you've got mental health issues because you'll never get a chance of getting promoted mm -hmm. because you'll be seen as damaged, if you get what I mean. Yeah. So I never did. And then I made some mistakes and carried on working in my job, made a few mistakes and then ended up, let's just say, being pushed out of the place. Mm -hmm. So, um, but it's the best thing that ever happened to me because I learned who I was for the first time in my life and what's important to me. And it's unfortunate, isn't it, that many of us have to go half a lifetime or decades before we actually get to learn that. 100%. And uh, I think if I was giving advice to anyone young now, if you're not happy with what you're doing, and you think there's something else to do, you only get one life. Life's not a rehearsal. And if something's causing you so much stress and making you ill and making you make mistakes and things like that, is it worth it? Because as I said, you only get one life. And and just going back there to what you were saying about uh, a bad relationship, uh, mm. most of us have been in a bad relationship sometime or other, whether it's romantic or you've stayed in a job too long or you stayed in a place too long you know just what was your point of saying this is it I've got to go there there's no point in this uh, I suppose it was like when she'd go out on a weekend and then probably not come back I think as well the first Christmas that we were married she went out the Christmas Eve with one of her friends 
and then I didn't see her till the day after Boxing Day. Wow. So this sort of thing while you're working doesn't help. It doesn't help your, your, your mental state. It doesn't help you with what you're doing, if you get what I mean. So, yeah. um, And then there was one time where, because uh, unfortunately she had a bit of a drink problem, so she came back one, one night um, while I was uh, asleep in bed, because obviously I'd just finished a night shift. So it was first thing in the morning, she turned back in. And she just came in drunk and uh, gave me a good old clout. And I thought, do you know what? I can't be having this. So I just uh, I just left and thought, right, well, let's start. Let's try and start again. But unfortunately, that wasn't the end of it. Because when you go through a messy divorce, that does not help either. And you end up losing financially then as well. So, but yeah, I think that was the big the big point where where I thought that's it. And again, yeah. best decision I've ever made. And and of course now when you look, it's it's easier obviously now looking back. But going through at the time, it's it's traumatic and it's hard. But it, better things come. It's just like the rainbow, isn't it? Something else comes along afterwards. 100% and I can't agree with that anymore with the fact of if you think that for 13 to 15 years you'll be going into houses you wouldn't be having positive conversations with people because they're either being victims of crime or criminals so the, the problem you've got there is that you don't you don't really have a good judgment of people but since I've had gone for the pivot and have changed I've not had uh, any experience of that negative side and it's just all about meeting, networking, and building relationships, you know, which, like, I feel very privileged that I've met you as well, Linda. That, that was a good coincidence. And we can talk about social media as well, because that's very much part of your background now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think that the difference is, again, and when you look back to when I was at school, the only way you'd get knowledge was by going to the library, whereas now you have in your hand the ability to make a million pounds and the the um the knowledge how to do it at, at the on your phone simple as that but it's about how to find it and do things how to connect with people because they do say that the uh, five degrees of separation away from anyone in the world which is which is so true when you think about it and, and I must admit, it it opens up a whole new world, doesn't it? I mean, you know, when you think about previously, if you set up a, a company, you were very lucky to get it running locally, let alone regionally. You know, nationally wasn't really thought of it. And an international company was like just the big boys. Yeah, and, and that, that is what social media has opened up to you. What I believe it's done is it's given you an, a level playing field so that you can co get in contact with these people. Um, so you can, you know, put your ideas forward um, as such and say that, um, you know, you, you can say exactly what, what what you want to say and you don't have to worry about going and making a meeting at a big building with glass front. You're basically just person to person, people by people. That's what I believe. And this last year, obviously, it's been a big change for everybody and working from home. You know, for a lot of people, entrepreneurship has always been a dream. It's like, you know, I'm sitting on that white beach with my toes in warm water, tapping away for an hour and earning millions. But in reality, it's probably, you know, 20 hours a day, seven days a week and uh, really sort of struggling. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the thing about it is you don't ha- you have the pressure of uh, income, but you don't have the other pressures that you have in a job. So you don't have the feeling of self-worth a lot of the time because, like, when you're in the police, you're just a number. It's as simple as that. But when, when you're at your own boss, it drives you on more, I would definitely say. But it certainly isn't the... Um, you know the sugar coated what basically everybody thinks it is you know that it's um, amazing and everything it's so easy you're always laid on a beach yeah you get some good things out of it but you control it and i think that's a good thing i think that's the side i like about being an entrepreneur and and you are very much in auto, uh, about automation and actually trying to make life a little bit easier because it's very easy being an entrepreneur, even if you've got a website and you think that you know, you're out there to the world, but it's actually a bit like having a shop and still having the shutters down. Yeah, um, and I think 100%. So what you have to try and do is you have to try and uh, capture people that come and visit your shop. So say, for example, you've got a shop on the high street. You don't know who's come past and walked past your shop. And that's the same online. So what you need to do is make sure that you get their details when they come onto your, whether it's an email or whether you're capturing them as a visitor so you can retarget them. But yeah, automation for me is something that really gets me excited. And as you know, when I talk about it, it really gets me going. So again, it doesn't feel like work. Very much. And Clubhouse, of course, this is the newest uh, baby for everybody, really. How, how do you see that working hand-in-hand hand with business? Well, I, there's, there's a couple of ways that Clubhouse can work. So obviously, it's an audio platform, uh, similar to like what we're doing now. But the difference is you are getting access to people that you wouldn't generally get access to people uh, to get information from them. But then you've got the people that give information and it's good information, but then you can get the people that are there for ego and looking to build a self. But I think with Clubhouse, it's not about getting uh, like clients from it. It's about getting connections because the law of reciprocation of if you help someone or connect someone with someone else, they're going to connect them with you, I believe builds a nice big pipeline um and you can refer people so like say for example anybody is suffering from burnout who am i going to refer them to let's guess linda eh yay <laughs> hopefully oh no 100 <laughs> percent. but it has i mean it's opened up there there's no ages is a minute there's there's no knowledge boundaries it's just about opening up and connecting with people it's like the old way of networking but actually you know, you can choose the groups that you're going in and making the time that you spend there worthwhile yeah it's 100 percent. it's it's giving value you don't go in there to sell it's like uh, if you if you go into a clubhouse room and you're there pitching straight away it's like uh, trying to say jump into bed with a woman on the first day. It's, it's not right. You have to whine and dine and all that sort of thing. It's a case of giving value. It's a case of building the rapport, listening to what they say, listening to, you know, listening to what they say, and then giving a solution or giving value so that it helps those people. Because just remember, people don't remember what you say. They just remember how you make them feel. Yeah, very true. Very true. Emotions are very powerful.
Yeah. People buy so, on emotion and not on logic. So what's the future hold for you, Si? Well, Linda, since we spoke, we've had... I've, I've set up an automation, okay, for, mm-hmm. um, as you know, for my booking platform and how it books into book calls with me. And in the last two weeks, I've probably had 18 calls booked. Now, where else would you get 18 leads that are bought into you already because of how you've spoke mm-hmm. and not have to pay anything for it? Do you understand what I mean? I think it's, yeah. I think it's a, something that will open up, and I think the networking on the clubhouse will provide people for a lifetime, I think, because you listen to what someone does, you refer them on. They've listened to what you do, they refer you on. And it just becomes, I believe, like an ever an ever growing web of people working together. Yeah. And and the good thing is obviously at the moment it's uh, Apple users only, but I know I heard this morning actually on one of the uh, uh rooms there saying that they're already running tests on Androids as well. Yeah, 3 weeks it opens up on Android. Apparently that's the uh latest that I've heard Um, and I think the big thing about Clubhouse at the moment was because it was so elitist with the fact that it was invite only, it was only on iPhone um, made it really good it will be interesting to see what happens when we get all the Android people in because when Android people come in without getting too technical there's a more of a chance that someone could try and hack into the system as well because um, Apple's closed source, whereas Android's open source. So I'll be interested to see what happens there. So mark my word on this one and see if anything does come of that when Android comes in. And and do you think, you know, people sort of now are going back to work and, and getting back into a little bit of a more normal life, not only just in our country, but other countries as well, that will have a detrimental numbers effect on that as well? Um, I also, yes, uh, I think that people will not be on it as much, no way, because they can't be on it um, because they're working uh, and life will come back to normal. I think that that's... Uh, we're definitely moving into that stage the shops are opening up the uh, hairdressers and as you know the beauty salons are opening up and i think life will start to definitely come back to normal 100 yeah. percent um and then i think clubhouse will have less people on it because people will have to do stuff rather than being on clubhouse you know like because a lot of, there's a lot of the country on furlough at the moment isn't there linda yep still there is so time always gets the better of us because I'm sure Sai we could talk about things on and on for ages but uh, just thinking about you know if you were giving your younger self that lad leaving university and not sort of quite sure of his uh, direction what was the advice you give him I would say definitely sit down and think about it don't stay anywhere where you're unhappy because a lot of the time if you work at something and it doesn't start to come right, it's you are almost flogging a dead horse in terms of relationships. If you're in a job that you don't like and and yet and you want to do something else and you've got an ambition to do something else, just remember that life is not a rehearsal and give it a go. What's the worst that can happen? Um, 
and it's better to have tried and to have failed than to regret never taking it in the first place because the fear of the, the, the power of regret is so much more powerful whereas at least if you've tried and failed at least you give it a go yeah and I think even looking at you know if it's not a failure you've actually learned something from it so you know not to do it that way you can try another way exactly you're never failing you're only learning you only fail if you quit and sorry, so how can people get in touch with you if they want to? Well, uh, I'm on Instagram at uh, I Cy, sorry at Cy Hearn Marketing. Um, I'm on Facebook under Cy Hearn. Um, I, my website um, is just being redone, but you could get through to me on um, Cy at Cybox.co.uk for my email. And it's very, very worth having a chat to Sai. And uh, he's so patient and he's so open. He will explain everything 20 times, like if it's for me, I need it. But uh, he's really, really good at understanding what you need and how he can actually work with you to make it happen. That's very kind words, thank you. So Sai, thank you so much for being with us and uh, hopefully we will uh, speak again very soon. 100%. Look forward to it. And thank you, everybody, for being with us. And uh, don't forget, the great thing about podcasts is you can play it over and over again because there's lots of golden gems there from Cy. And uh, don't forget, you can get in touch with him and know even more as well. I will be back with you next week and this is a recording and on behalf of East Leeds FM, we're still not back in the studio, so we're still virtual and we're very thankful for all their support and help through this time as well. And we will be back with you next week. Stay safe, be careful, bye for now. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded in conjunction with the Chapel FM Art Centre and East Leeds FM radio station. For more information about them and all the good work that they do is www.elfm.co.uk And to know more about what Linda Sage is doing, her website is www.lindasage.com Also on all the other social medias.